0: If we're taking our social cues, our philosophical cues, and more importantly, our parenting cues from culture's thought leaders today, we might be led to believe that many of our sons are eaten up with something called toxic masculinity. And if you and they happen to be Caucasian, any of this so-called toxic masculinity is probably only being exacerbated by another condition called white privilege. If you, as the parent, refuse to consider these diagnoses for your son, you might find yourself assigned the titles of white privileged, sexist, and even racist yourself. Now while that's all a mouthful, it doesn't take a lot of brains to see through the absurdity of it all. It's not right to stereotype any people group in such a way. So what should healthy masculinity look like for young men of any race? And how do we help our sons get there without making them feel like they need to apologize for how God has made them? Raising healthy boys in an unhealthy world. That's today on License to Parent. Well, hello once again. Welcome to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered, therapeutic residential program for teens in crisis and by extension, their parents as well. Our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, it seems that nearly every time we turn on the TV these days or listen to the news or, um, I I don't know, walk down the street, we'll hear somebody talking about the subject of toxic masculinity or men behaving badly. Mm -hmm. What's your take on toxic masculinity? Is that even a real thing, do you think? Well, isn't there a TV show called "Men Behaving Badly"?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I think, think there I've is. Seen, I, I've never so seen I've it. I've not watched it. it. Well, look, I, I'm plenty okay with talking about men or women behaving badly because it's that's a real thing. Okay, all all people of all genders and races and religions and ages can behave badly on any, any given day and at any given time, uh, and any parent knows that. That that's true, not only about their their children of both genders, but about themselves as well. I mean, I teach this stuff, and sometimes I behave badly.
0: My time's coming in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> not you, now. You. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, th- that's just the sin nature in all of us that, that comes out when the conditions are just right. Uh, maybe I'm behaving behaving badly right now by being disgusted that we have to talk about the uh, contrived term called toxic masculinity. Frankly, I think it's a sexist term that's driven not by a need for a new term, but a need for uh, to fulfill a hyper-feminist and politically correct agenda, why don't people talk about toxic femininity? Because I think there's just a strong case to be made for that term as there is toxic masculinity. Sure, But I think either term is divisive, and I don't think that we need uh, any more divisiveness or silly terms to keep up with in America today. The term sin or sin nature would actually suffice as it always <laughs> has in the past. But yep. That would give too much credibility to God and uh, a biblical worldview, and and we all know that uh, you know we can't go back to those kind of archaic and absolute moral
0: standards and terms. That would be a disaster, right? Heaven forbid. Oh well, I can't say heaven forbid either. <laughs> probably. Right. Yeah. Well, before I fall for your cunning ploy and answer <laughs> your question about uh, you know the the condition we're in, are you saying then that the term toxic masculinity is an illegitimate term? Well, I believe the term
1: toxic masculinity is just a contrived gateway term that lulls the American masses into a continued pathway toward feminization, the feminization of our, our society as a whole. So today we're going to focus on our sons and what it takes to nurture them into real men, men who don't have to be ashamed of their God-given masculinity, which is anything but toxic mm.
0: Well, joining our conversation today is Buddy Pro. Buddy currently serves as the boys' therapist here at Shepherds Hill Academy. He's also a ministry team leader for Celebrate Recovery at the Point Church in Tacoa, Georgia. Buddy holds a bachelor's degree in accounting from Presbyterian Church in Clinton, South Carolina. He'll be helping me with my taxes in a few minutes. He's also <laughs> received his master's degree in professional counseling from Liberty University and, Buddy, I understand you're also currently pursuing a master's degree in theology at Liberty, completing your licensed professional counselor uh, and master addiction counselor certification. So uh, where he has time to talk to us, I have no idea. <laughs> Buddy's got a lot of years of experience working with kids and um, and with families. He served his six years as youth pastor at Lexington Baptist Church in Lexington, Georgia. For 10 years, he was or is a foster parent Um, He has served as a placement case manager for the Division of Family and Children's Services, also known as DFACS here in Georgia. Uh, Buddy and his wife, Alicia, have 10 children, five biological daughters, two adopted sons, two stepsons, um, and one foster daughter. And when he's not otherwise being a husband, a father... And studying, he one day hopes to enjoy hunting and golf. <laughs>
1: well, uh, Buddy's certainly been an asset to the team here at Shepherd's yeah. Hill, to the kids and families here. Uh, Buddy, welcome to Licensed Parent.
2: Uh, thank you very much.
1: Now, you work with, obviously, as we said, uh, boys in a therapeutic capacity every day right here at Shepherd's Hill. Uh, do you see anything that should alarm parents as to the culture's influence on, on our sons' God given masculine attributes?
2: I do in a way because you were talking about the emotions and the emotional side, and and what happens is there could actually be backlash. Where I see a lot of emotion, and it's usually anger that comes out in young men. Mm-hmm. Um, but anger's a secondary emotion; it's not a primary emotion. Mm-hmm. And in men, it's usually driven by a fear or an ang- or or hurt. I was going to say, we're angry um, at what? Whatever, whatever it may be. It's it, they're very short. Um, I always say that expectation is the bridge between expectation and reality is frustration.
1: Well, isn't that what brings on anxiety, Uh, Mm -hmm. unfulfilled expectations? Yes. And I think in a world where you have so many uh, avenues to expect things like social Mm -hmm. media and the internet and all these options. And when, you know, Robbie Zacharias once said, uh, you know, when you just thought uh, you've accomplished what you thought would bring you the ultimate Mm -hmm. and it's let you down. You know, where do you go from there? You know, you go nuts. That's right. Uh, Whereas with pain, you always have something to look forward to, Uh, pleasure. uh, You know, like I said, when you just thought (laughs) Mm -hmm. you've accomplished the ultimate, let you know, where do you go from there? Uh, So do you think that maybe our guys are are angry at maybe God uh, ultimately uh, because maybe he feels like God has let them down? uh, They're not. Uh, feeling fulfilled despite all the stimuli they're getting? Uh, I'm just throwing it out there.
2: Well, it, I, I truly believe that a lot of boys that we get, especially here in, in our setting, is are angry at God. Um, they're angry at God because a lot of their families are, are church oriented and have shown hip- hypocrisy from the church to home and those kind of things and the way mm-hmm. they act. And also there's a lot of times in ministry, the struggle that the the ministry becomes the mistress of whoever is sure. doing the ministry. Yeah, we and, get
1: we get missionary kids, we get
2: pastors' kids. Yeah, and so they they get angry for God taking away their dad yeah. or taking away their mom right. or whatever that's not there all the time for them, mm-hmm, supportive. So, why do you think that masculinity
1: in general uh, gets such a bad rap? I mean, it just, it just seems like everything's swinging. In the direction of let's lift up women, women are victims. Uh, men are the seem to be the the whipping post. And I'm just wondering or am I being a little too touchy here?
2: Well, I, I think part of it is is men are less responsive overall to, to certain situations. I mean, just in the church as we were talking the other day, that that pastors have started leading some of their their discussions and, and their sermons aimed more at women. Because women respond to them better than men do, yeah, and they show up to church too that's right, and they come <laughs> to church and so and well that's one reason though is we're not feeding men, we're feeding women, we're feeding their their mm-hmm. need of relationship and communication and those things, and sure. men don't quite meet communicate in the same way mm-hmm. um, the other the other part of it is the mask the toxic max- masculinity is really every man's deep down root need is to have significance right whatever it may be and a lady's is is to be safe right exactly and so in a good marriage or a good relationship between a man and a woman that that safety that is provided by the man to give security you know gives certificates to him kind mm-hmm. of thing so it's a nice circle
1: well buddy how would you characterize godly masculinity
2: it's, it's almost I've talked a lot, especially with our boys lately, about a quiet confidence where, where you know, I, I tell them all the time, you know, you talked about the job thing and about setting up um, to know who you are every day. And when you are making your identity what's around you, that changes every day. So every morning you got to wake up and say, OK, who am I today based on what my mom thinks, based on what my dad thinks, based on what my friends think in no particular order but then also you know and i say the best thing is to figure out what god thinks of you and who god sees you as mm-hmm. because that will never change and so you could wake up every morning knowing who you are before you get out of bed yeah as opposed to trying to figure it out mm. and in that it it gives that strength that you can that you can move on and you can push forward yeah
1: you know there's a uh, a distorted percentage of kids that come to shepherd hill and and not just come to Shepherd's Hill, kids in public schools and, and maybe even Christian schools who really believe that they're going to be the next American Idol. They, they think that there's a chance that they're going to be, you know, a rap star in particular, a hip-hop star. Um, how do parents broach the subject of their careers for that significance, particularly for sons, uh, without bursting their bubble, without, you know, making them feel like they don't have a, a snowball's chance in Hades of accomplishing something that they have a passion for?
2: Well, again, it's it's being involved, you know, in your child's life, being involved at an early age so Mm -hmm. that you could talk to him and you can guide him to start with. Mm -hmm. And then when you're coming and saying this, he's not looking at you as saying you're just trying to be mean and trying to crush my dreams. Right. You're trying to guide me and help me through it and and give and come with answers. Just don't say you can't do this Say, well, maybe we need to head this direction yeah. or, or, or give them options, not just you can't.
1: You know where I've seen that work in my own family's lives? Is all their lives. And the time they could talk, we we had conversations about dating. Okay. So you're five years old, you know that there will be no dating without a chaperone. Right. And mom or dad will be the chaperone. So by the time they got to dating age, it's like they're cool with it. They understand this, yeah. this is just, this is wired into me. And all my kids, with the exception of, of Andrew, I think he had maybe one or two dates, they, they all married their first date. Oh, well, that's crazy. But they've, they've...
0: That's not to say they married on their first no, date. No, no, no. <laughs> but they've all done well.
1: I mean, yeah. you know, my oldest son's been married now pushing, what, 15 years,
0: you know. And on that note, while you're pondering Trace's kids all getting married on their first date, <laughs> let's take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to Licensed to Parent. We are talking today about masculinity and how to bring it up in our kids. Our guest is Buddy Pro. He is the boys' therapist here at Shepherds Hill Academy and our host, of course, on License to Parent, Trace Embry. Back with more conversation right after this.
3: Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund.
0: Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month, Christ-centered, nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. You can find us and many of our past conversations on our website at LicensedToParent.org. Trace? Buddy, uh, masculinity, I believe, I think most people would
1: believe this, requires uh, exercising responsibility. Why don't more parents require more responsibility out of their young sons today?
2: I believe, really, it's it's what really is the downfall. I I grew up with a mother that was very giving and everything. And when I when I was thirty six and she passed away, she was still helping with, with bills before that. And and next thing I know, I'm divorced and have uh, I'm sitting there with the bankruptcy and stuff because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to work my life. So I kind of pushed our parents to, as I say, step out of the way of of them and let them hit their head on the wall and see that it hurts while we're still here to help them and get through the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So let them, you know, as long as it's not dangerous or whatever like that, let them see what happens when they, you know, call out sick and, you know, from their McDonald's job and two days straight and they lose the job, you know, don't let, you know, work them through that stuff. Allow Mm -hmm. them to, to experience those things early so they learn how to handle crises don't, opposed, don't bail them. them out. That's right. right? Don't but, bail them out. Every little thing. I mean, there's a time for that. I get that. But I think uh,
1: uh, too many parents are, are bailing their kids out of everything from grades to... You know, everything. What, everything. Yeah, everything. Exactly. So The other thing, <laughs> the other component of of healthy masculinity is is commitment. I, I see so many young men today. Uh, well, how about if I meet you at 9 o'clock for this or that or the other? Okay, well... Uh, Maybe they'll be there. Maybe they won't. And it's what I've discovered uh, is that if they got a better deal, they don't want to commit to a time because, hey, I might have uh, some guys that uh, uh, you know will play racquetball at, at, at that particular time with me, or you know, play video games or whatever, and they won't commit to a time. What can parents do to help their kids foster uh, an attitude that? Values commitment.
2: Well, commitment's an internal thing that comes from the inside. You have to be committed yourself, and in order to do that, you need to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're, if you're, if today teens that are trying to decide if they want to look at Facebook or they're afraid of losing something, in Instagram or Snapchat came in or whatever is going on, they get or dis, they get on Discord or whatever they're doing these days they don't really know who they are so how can they commit to anything they haven't mm-hmm. made any decisions about what they like or don't like mm-hmm. and and in that they they don't have that commitment so is if you could build identity and who they are in principle into the kids at a young age and now you know that keep going back to young age i think i can't i don't think you can over stress that i, no. I it's so important young age right, early right. start early folks that's right and then the second part of it, too, is when they get to their teen I tell parents this. I say when usually when they're from 0 to 10, you're a trainer. And, you know, most trainers when you're in the gym, they're right there next to you. They're lifting the weight for you. They're doing mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of thing. About 10, 11 to 18, you become more of a coach. You're yelling instructions from the sideline. More. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't built that communication to start with, then it's hard to get that communication right. in from the sideline. And then when they turn eighteen, you're basically consultants. Yeah, you have to you right. have to accept the fact that they'll come for you for advice, and they might take it or they might not. Right. And you have to be ready for that. I think that's part of what parents need to learn more of mm-hmm. is being okay with their child taking a different route, even though they've they've yeah. done that thing. But yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so, how much of what so many mental health professionals are medicating our young boys for these days, uh, things like ADD, ADHD, and the like? are really little more than just boys being boys. And and why is it that there's, there's a problem with boys running all over the place or being hyper in, in class today uh, when, you know, 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, the same boys were excelling in school um, very often ahead of the girls. And, and today they're way behind. So what's, what's going on there?
2: Well, it comes from home, again, where the discipline is... Discipline.
1: You know, you know it's funny you should say that, because I circled the word, word discipline here in my notes. Yeah. I was going to
2: go to it if you didn't, <laughs> and you did. and then But I, finish the thought. Yeah. <laughs> the discipline of, of, of the parent. I mean, if if my dad... I was scared to death of my dad. Mm-hmm. He, he, You know, he. I grew up in, you know, I'm 58 years old, and I grew up in the time when the belt was still okay, mm-hmm. and I thought my dad's belt was like a sword when he would pull it out. Mm-hmm. And that fear that of that, and just that he would use it if he needed to, yeah. you know, kind of gave me, you know, just the discipline and the fear of him. But at the same time, he was always doing things with me, so it wasn't right. just him being a discipline, we'd play golf together. We did all kinds of other things, hunted together, and things like that. So we're so I got the caring side along with the discipline side, mm-hmm. and even when we're hunting and we're talking about stories and we're working through, you know, that kind of stuff. That's just being part of that connection mm-hmm. that doesn't exist today because fathers are as. Scared of emasculated.
1: They're emasculated, I believe, because of the feminization of our society. I mean, you just used the term scared to death. There needs to be a healthy fear of -hmm. of certain things. And that begins with God. And I think that uh, fathers need to be that representative Mm -hmm. of God through which God and your parent is feared because that fear is going to, in due time, Uh, Morph into not a fear of 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 punishment, but a fear of disappointing. You know, a fear of just coming up short to what I know I've been trained to be right all all my life. You know, when I was a kid, my my fear of of running out in front of my mother to cross the road in the inner city uh, was the fear of getting spanked if I did it, and I did it. That was that was my deal. I liked to run. I got hit by a car once because I did that. As I grew older and matured, my fear was not the fear of being spanked by my mom. It was the fear of being run over by a bus,
2: right? Yeah. right?
1: You used that, um, I forget what you said, but it brought to my remembrance the analogy of the love battery. Right. And, you know, too many parents, I think, are working off just the positive side of that love battery. But a battery requires a positive and a negative. And if the negative is the tough love side of the, the battery, you have to have both connected and, and snugged up mm. And working properly
0: to, to get that battery to do what was designed to do, whether it's light your flashlight or start your car. Yeah. We opened the program talking about uh, you know, this toxic masculinity term. Mm-hmm. And as I've heard both of you talk in the past couple of minutes, would you say that that toxic masculinity, the toxicity of that, is really nothing more than testosterone in men, but with no Moral boundaries, no limits, no restraint, no no harness. Right, no Mm -hmm. restraint. Would that be accurate?
1: Yeah, that's fair. But you got to put. You you have to exercise discipline, whether it's discipline imposed Mm -hmm. or self-discipline, to bring that harness to that testosterone. Because you know whether it's overeating, overdrinking, or whatever you do. You know, life's pretty much about balance. I
0: think. And and in the classroom example you gave, um, I I think to to clarify that a little bit, uh, the the young men, the students, years back. Who were running around were di- were disciplined for running around. They may right. have had the energy, but the mm-hmm. way it was handled was different than it is today. Mm-hmm. And now it's okay. Medicate, uh, right? Perhaps let let them express themselves, which mm-hmm. disrupts the rest of the class, mm-hmm. and we find ourselves in in a battle because we're not implying any any restraint.
1: And that goes back to the postmodern thought that started in 196. I keep going back to that word because it's we've turned our society into a society that values the corporate whole, the mm-hmm. good of everybody, to my rights, individual uh, good. And and my individual good is going to trump the corporate good, which can only end in chaos. But uh-huh. I got—Buddy, I know we're out of time here, but I'm gonna, I need to ask you one more question, if I might. For the Christian parents of a boy who feels defeated and, and hopeless right now because— He's been indoctrinated to believe that his faith is a lie, his masculinity is toxic, his skin color makes him privileged, and his ob- objection to it all makes him a bigot and a racist to boot. What counsel can you give those parents uh, that they can relate to their son who might be down in the dumps as a result of feeling like, you know what, what's the use?
2: I keep going back to the to the young thing, and it's all—you're— you won't know that about your son if you haven't built the relationship that you could talk about it later down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as a teen, um, when they get to teenage, you know, like trying to coach somebody from the sideline, um, it it has to have some basic disciplines. And it's the same way with with a child. You're not gonna you're not gonna know he's down in the dumps until by accident. A lot of the boys that we deal with here and things like that, they're son didn't come and say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm doing drugs, I'm thinking about suicide or any of those kind of things. They found out through seeing a Facebook post or one of their friends saying that yeah. they're struggling or something like that. And that the parents should be the first to recognize when their child right. is down. Absolutely.
1: And so we're uh, in saying all that we've said and discussed, what final words of encouragement can you give parents trying to raise godly sons in this politically correct world?
2: It's hard because they're all so much individual. And that's that's the thing is you have to understand your child as an individual. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say, too, is they're going to do stupid things. You talked about they're going to send, you know, I talk about doing stupid teenage stuff. They're going to do stupid teenage stuff. But that's part of being a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had friends that came to me and said, well, every kid does that. Well, that means you just have to be like every parent and be a parent. So... You have to be involved. You have to be there for your child. And not a hovering mother, but just almost at times. And you got to be careful being the friend. Um, You know, we talked about God and those things and Jesus. Jesus came with truth and love, not truth and love. So you have to share the truth, but you do it in a loving way. And the truth side is that time where you have to have the discipline, and then the loving side, of course, is the other side. You have to work in tandem. You talked about the battery. It just as much as taking the positive off. If you take the negative, that's off, exactly right. You're going to have the same problem. And that so. was
1: one of the problems of maybe my father's generation. There right. was too much negative right. uh, uh, terminals hooked up right. and no positive. Right. And we've just teeter tottered to the other side, and we've yeah. got a, a different set of problems on our hands today. Right.
0: Well, Buddy, our time is up for today, but uh, we appreciate the work you're doing here at Shepherd's Hill. Appreciate the time you spent with us on License to Parent, and Absolutely. we'll have to drag you back into the studio again. <laughs> Thank Although you very so, much. it's not that bad. we've uh, As we've said before, we've got a view of the horse pastor. So, you <laughs> That's, <know. right. laughs> That's Yeah, we need to do this more often. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Buddy. Mm-hmm. And again, our guest today on License to Parent, Buddy Pro. He's the boys' therapist at Shepherd's Hill Academy in charge of... Uh, I guess uh, keeping our, our teens uh, properly aligned <laughs> and figuring out what makes them tick. Definitely is... an integral part of the equation. No yep. doubt about it. He is also the ministry team leader for Celebrate Recovery at the Point Church in Tacoma. You can m- learn more about his work and, of course, all the work we do here at Shepherd's Hill Academy when you click the Shepherd's Hill link at org, Remember that the work we do here on Licensed to Parent is an extension of the work done every day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered, therapeutic residential program for teens in crisis. And of course, our goal here on the program is to export some of what we've learned so that you can be more intentional as a parent and, with God's help, avoid the need for a residential program for one of your kids. Yes, we would love to put ourselves out of business. You can help the work we do continue, though, through your gift to License to Parent, and we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Again, you can give securely online, and you can find our contact information if you'd like to learn more when you visit LicensedToParent.org. And thank you in advance. Our guest coordinator on the program is Daniel Ficina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us, and then join us again next time to renew your license to Parent. And
1: remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.